0: Welcome to the Basilea Hollywood Podcast, a community of friends committed to the message and practice of Jesus and His Kingdom. Hey everyone, I'm Troy, this is my wife Suze, we're the lead pastors here, we're so happy to be with you. And... Um, I was going to tell a joke, but I'm going to just, okay. um, We only have so much time. Time's of the essence. So if you, if you walked in, if you just walked in, um, you notice that uh, things probably look a little bit different than normal today. Uh, as it is Easter, we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ um, and what that means for us. Um, we uh, actually love to share a meal together, as Suze said. Um, So we're going to do that. We're going to talk a little bit about Easter. What does it mean? And why does it matter? Um, So I think you're going to start. Is that right? No, I'm totally getting it wrong. Oh, okay, great. So this is our first time doing this, right? So we're just learning. So let's read the text together. We're going to be in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. If you have a Bible, I would love for you to open it. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, uh, just go ahead and raise your hand. And we have some here. And if you want, you can keep it. Anyone else? So it's like, Saul, you want it? Oh, thanks. Okay. Awesome. So we've got our our paper editions. Maybe you have an electronic device with the Bible, or you've got it memorized, you know, whatever, wherever you are.
1: Um, So slide team, while Troy is reading this, if you would just kind of go through the imagery, that would be great. Don't do the scripture.
0: Uh, Okay, so Luke 24, starting at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, He left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God.
1: I love you all. Do you feel embarrassed? No, it's fine. Um, Can I pray again? Is that okay? Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, come. We just... um, We thank you for this morning and this day that we get to celebrate together. And uh, yeah, I just pray that you would open our minds. Let let, um, your resurrection and like the understanding of that transform who we are every day. Amen. So I really like this imagery because it like looks like the people that were actually there. Um, I was looking through a lot of imagery trying to find stuff that would feel right. And uh, um, a lot of it was super cheesy, like kind of blonde Jesus with the blue, piercing blue eyes, like, you know, being taken up to heaven, but Jesus wasn't white. (laughs) Um, So I'm gonna jump in. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, a couple of us slept out, which meant that we um, Covenant House down the street is an organization we partnered with, and um, a few of us from Basilea um, slept out to raise awareness for um, homeless youth and. Um, the total amount of money raised was like $104,000. 90 people slept out. It was super. Um, it was super cool to be a part of it. And part of the time was this really sweet discussion that um, some of the kids that were from different programs hung out with us and shared um, about their lives. And um, there was a staff member in each group also, and. The staff member asked them questions about um, what they thought about Covenant House, their experience about Covenant House, short-term and long-term goals. And then what was really cool is Noelle, who we have um, a friendship with, who's who's spoken here before, she works at Covenant House, she um, asked us, kind of on the spot, if we would like reflect goodness, the goodness we see in these young people back to them. So... I, it was like this super proud mama moment because like like Josiah was like the first he like raised his hand really fast, and then every person from Basilea just like ref, reflected God's goodness and what we see what we were seeing in these kids back to them in like such a beautiful way and I was just like so proud of this community for like cultivating an ear to hear God and then encourage other people I think that's something we do super super well so I just wanted to like take a little moment to like share that piece um and how special and sweet it was to me, but one of the girls um, there was sharing with us about a not like just a really hard story uh, her her story like so bravely sharing with us about um, abandonment and mistrust, and what Covenant House had meant to her. And she told us this story. It was crazy, and it's just, it's stuck with me, and it feels like I've been asking God the last few weeks, what do you want me to share with Basilea for Easter? This is like such an important day for us. And um, he kept bringing this story back to my mind, and I'm like trying to figure out how it fits, and then it kind of all clicked together. So I'm going to tell you that. So this sweet young woman tells a story about being just so angry and frustrated one day that she punches a window at Covenant House and she's bleeding and she sees a staff member across the basketball court and she just starts like cussing him out, yelling at him. And she used the phrase, I was coming at him crucial. And she's just like, like making a beeline for him, yelling at him, and he's just standing there like listening, taking it all in. <clears throat> and she gets close to him, still yelling in his face, still kind of on the, I mean, she, she was actually crying when she was, she told us not to say that, but <laughs> she was crying when she was sharing the story, but his, um, his, his posture was that he just stood and listened and she said like and what do you have to say about that and he was like everything's going to be okay and you don't have to leave and like in that moment like everything was diffused for her like understanding of like love and forgiveness and like testing boundaries and testing limits and testing to see how much somebody will love us like god loves us like that and so covenant house for us has been so cool to like watch an organization that is super effective and doing jesus well and this word crucial this this phrase i was coming at him crucial crucial is defined as um decisive and critical especially in the success or failure of something So this dude, Charles, extends forgiveness and love to this young woman and like lives are being transformed. The other piece that was so interesting when I was researching this word crucial is the origin. Um, It is from the early 18th century. And in a sense, it's cross-shaped from the French and Latin crux, cross. And the sense of decisiveness is from Francis Bacon's Latin phrase, Bill, what's that Latin phrase? Instancia crucis? Good enough. Um, A crucial instance, which he explained as a metaphor for the crux or finger post marking a fork at a crossroads. And the cross of Jesus isn't the super decisive act of God for us. Um believing in christ's resurrection is this kind of this little definition a fingermost a finger post marking a fork at a crossroads when we believe in Jesus's death and resurrection we're invited into love and forgiveness that changes our lives forever and what was super cool about this text and why I really like this text is because. <clears throat> The Luke text is that Jesus has like endured violence and rage coming at him, crucial, and he raises from the dead. His tomb is empty. He's told his disciples that he's going to do this. He's also like raised other people from the dead. Lazarus has been raised from the dead. Jairus's daughter's been raised from the dead. Like they've witnessed this, but they're still hiding they're still scared and i love the emotions in verse 38 and 41 they're they're going between trouble and doubt and joy and amazement and that is sometimes how i feel about the resurrection and there's like soup there's like grace for that when you're like trying to understand a god that can raise us from the dead who will raise us from the dead like as a first fruits he goes first in everything so Jesus died and rose from the dead so that when we die, we will raise from the dead. And I love that, that the text includes these like, people who are really frightened and emotionally like, trying to figure it out. And I think it's really important, and the power of this is in the fact that this is a, this is a physical resurrection, like, it makes it really clear. It, geez, it's like all of our senses are being engaged. It's, they touch him. They hear him. They see him. He's eating fish. Like, they're making sure we know that this, this actually really happened. He's not a ghost. This is a, this is a real resurrection. And they're having trouble believing it. And then in verse 45, it says, he opens their minds. And that's what he's asking. He wants to open our minds to this. Like, he wants us to understand the resurrection and the power of it in our lives. He opens their minds, and this is an amazing mystery. And I just want to pray that God would do that for us today. Um, and that we would live in this, in this crucial, that we would believe in this, like, that we would come at life crucial. It would be crucial for us to believe this crossroads. Um, so Troy is going to unpack a little bit about, like, what he told them, how, how to understand after he opened their minds.
0: Yeah, so I just want to read uh, two verses, sorry, three, starting in verse 45. Uh, it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures, he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So, Jesus is saying, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the thing. He links his death and resurrection to Forgiveness. So, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, there's a new way to be human. There's a new way to live. We can be forgiving because we've been forgiven in Christ. Jesus and his death and his resurrection has canceled all our sins. Taking away all our guilt and all our shame so that we can be in a real personal relationship with God. We can be known. We can know. We can talk to Him. We can listen. We can love Him. And we do this not only on an individual basis, but in community. So Jesus made the way for us to be in relationship with God. This is all about relationship. And If you're here today, and maybe we'll give a little bit more space towards the end, but if you're here today and you want to know Jesus in a personal, intimate way, you want to hear his voice, um, we'd love to come alongside and pray with you. Also, Jesus seems to be extremely concerned in the context of his death and resurrection, that we be people of forgiveness. We are able to give what we've received from God. So Jesus first, he can free us from our past. Jesus has that power. What do I mean? We've all been hurt. All of us have been hurt in our life by various people mom dad brother sister grandma grandpa friends pastors coworkers bosses teachers We've all been hurt in a variety of ways. And when people hurt us, that, that hurt doesn't just magically go away. It stays with us, and it affects us. But Jesus can heal those wounds in the context of forgiveness. Here's an example. A guy named Francis McNutt, he's probably one of the most um, uh, well-known writers on healing prayer. He, he tells this story. I remember being asked by a woman to pray for an inner healing, which he's talking about an emotional healing from being hurt by someone. When he talked to her about her childhood, she indicated that her deepest problem in unreasoning hatred of men, including her husband, went back to the harsh treatment and derision that her brothers had heaped upon her as a little girl. Before praying for inner healing, I asked her to forgive her brothers. This she refused to do. I told her that this would block any healing. She still refused. When I asked her why she hung on to the resentment, even though she was being Destroyed by it, she thought for a while and replied that if she forgave her brothers, it would take away her last excuse for being the harsh kind of person she was because she could no longer blame them. After praying a short time more, she realized how contrary this was to her Christian faith and to her professed desire to be whole. With tears, she forgave her brothers as best she could, and then she received the healing that she was so desperately looking for. Jesus has the power to heal our hurts from the past. And second, Jesus can fill us with hope for the future. We're all broken human beings, right? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe you're all good. I don't know. Uh, Just just checking. Um, We're all messed up. We've all got all kinds of issues and brokenness that plays out in different ways. And God designed us to be in relationship with one another. It's this weird tension of having this inner desire to be connected to other people, and yet we get hurt. So that makes us You know, somebody hurts me, the easiest thing to do is just to cut and run. But God is actually calling us to this new way through forgiveness. Unintentionally or intentionally, we hurt each other. And one very smart pastor said, forgiveness is the currency of the kingdom. So, in other words, in order for us to have real relationship with each other as a community, forgiveness has to be on the table, or this thing just isn't going to work. For example, somebody hurts you, you might say something like, hey, you know, when you said, did, X, Y, and Z, it hurt. And here's why. I love that Jesus is all about relationship and that we get to speak honestly with each other and we don't have to uh, just like keep it all in. We can talk. Also, if you're on the other side of that conversation, I think the temptation, because it's easier, is to be dismissive of uh, someone's feelings or experience. Uh, what I mean, uh, you know, someone might say, hey, you hurt me, here's why. And the easy response would be uh, something like, oh, well, y- you don't need to be hurt. I didn't, I didn't mean that. And what that's doing is uh, sort of muting the other's voice. Because really, it doesn't matter if you meant to or you're not. It matters that you hurt the person. There's a saying, seek to understand before being understood. That's a hard posture to take because I just want to be understood. But seeking to understand, this is the Jesus way of doing relationship. I'm sorry I hurt you. That totally wasn't my intention. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins matters. It matters. Because it makes a way for us to heal from past hurts and to move forward in our present relationships. There's, there's actually, in Jesus, there's an actual possibility that we can have a healthy vibrant honest relationships one one guy said you know healthy families talk about things and unhealthy families don't talk about things
1: yeah i just want to pray for us that's okay and i i do i know like i'm like super ready for the food don't get me wrong. I'm really ready. But I just want to make space for to, like, pray for people. Um, five minutes. We're going to take about five minutes. And if, so this is what I want us to pray for. If you want God to open your mind, I hope all of you raise your hand right now. <laughs> you don't have to, that. to open your mind to understanding the resurrection on a deeper level so you can like live like it's crucial every day. I want to pray for you. And I also want us to pray that um, we would learn how to forgive each other better. And um, if there's actually anybody in this room that you need to like forgive, if it's a long conversation, I'm not saying to have it now, but like let's Let's uh let's start thinking about doing that together. Because it's it's like super important for us as we're moving forward that this this kind of like stuff that we like to hold on to like gets squashed. So
0: and and also within that, I'd love to make space and just invite the Lord um uh to bring up anyone to mind that he'd like us to forgive and maybe this uh, does or doesn't resonate with you, but for me, I found an indicator of, uh, of, oh, I think I need to forgive this person, is when they come to mind, there's sort of a bitter taste in your mouth. Um, Or maybe there's somebody that you wish dead. I know that sounds kind of harsh, but I think that's a thing.
1: I'm gonna pray for all of us, and then I just actually at our tables. Let's just um, let's just pray for each other for about five minutes. If somebody from the band could come and and pr- and give us some nice uh, background music, that would be amazing. And um, yeah, if if you feel comfortable, you don't have to do this, but if you would open your hands. Mm. God thank you that resurrection power is living in us that is a reality. And we pray God you would open our minds to understanding that more that that would sink deeper that we would like believe like more fully have more understanding of the power You rose from the dead. We, like, get to share that with people. It's crucial in our lives. I pray we would, like, live out of that place as resurrected people. Come, Holy Spirit. And actually, I would just love us all to stand, and um, we're just going to sing. I'm going to sing on the mic, which is really funny. Um... I've got Resurrection Power. <clears throat> Is that okay? If I, if we sing Resurrection Power together? It's okay. I'll sing it. I've got Resurrection Power Living on the inside, Jesus You have given us free No longer bound by sin and dawn. Yeah, God, so we we do celebrate that today. We do celebrate that that understanding. And we pray that it would spill out into the rest of our lives. More and more. More of you, God. More of you. Yeah, and if anybody actually, if, any, if anybody doesn't know Jesus and wants to know Jesus, we want to pray for you today. Actually, I'll be upstairs, and we can pray for you. And um, we're just going to take the next five minutes to be together, pray with each other at your tables, and then Tara will come up and pray for our meal, and we're going to eat together, okay? If this is super uncomfortable for you, it's okay. Um, just risk to be known a little more. Um, So, yeah, we're going to take five minutes, pray for each other, and then Terrell's going to come up and pray for our meal together, okay? And I'm going to be upstairs if anybody wants prayer.